A teenage girl with a positive pregnancy test tries to understand the reality of becoming a mother. A young career woman with a promotion around the corner learns a little one is on the way. And now her life suddenly becomes very complicated and potentially very lonely. How can the church help change the story of these mothers to one of hope and healing? Our guest today understands the heart of these women and has found a great way to help. That's on this Action and Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. 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 In Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. We're talking today with Tiffany DeLapp. She's a mom, a wife, and a strong believer in choosing life. She recently began implementing a program called Embrace Grace in her local church to come alongside women with an unintended pregnancy. Tiffany, we're excited to hear all about what you're doing. Thanks for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Tiffany, the CDC reported nearly 200,000 babies born to women ages 15 to 19 in 2017. That's an overwhelming number. And that doesn't even include single moms or married moms unexpectedly pregnant. But there is some good news in this number. Nearly 200,000 teen mothers chose life for their baby. But it can be a difficult road for these teens or other women who weren't planning on becoming mothers. What is Embrace Grace and how is it helping? Well, Embrace Grace um, was started in 2008 by Amy Ford and Selena Duffy in Texas. It's for every girl with an unplanned pregnancy to have a church to go to um, for spiritual, emotional, and physical support. And it's also to inspire and equip the church to love on single and pregnant girls and their families. So it started in Texas. Yes. And you brought it here to St. Louis, where you live. So it's in... Uh, 46 states and in 10 countries now. Um, They update it regularly on their website. And there's 592 groups started around the country. When I found out about it, there wasn't any in Missouri at all. Um, And then now as time has gone on, um, by the time I started, there was only one other one in St. Louis. Um, But there are, I believe, five or six now in the state of Missouri. So it's definitely growing. Uh, rapidly now. Wow, it sounds like a really big project. What's the Mm -hmm. goal of this organization? Again, to love on these girls that chose life. Um, It's a brave and courageous decision. And also to have a place that the church, you know, having the place um, as the church to come and and the, the church body love on these girls as well. Whereas otherwise, maybe they may feel shunned by the church or um, feel judged or anything like that. How does Embrace Grace lean into the lives of these women and walk alongside them? How do they support them? Amy Ford and Selena Duffy had come up with a curriculum. It's all, you know, all spiritual. It's a support system in that if they, it's a 12-week program. And if they come, there is a little incentive that if they come, 70% of the classes, they will get a baby shower. It is an incentive, however, as time goes on, we hope that they will, uh, if they haven't already, surrender to Jesus. It's an opportunity to learn how to break down their walls that they have built up. Uh, we all struggle. We are all broken. A lot of times these girls come in and they are broken and they have a lot of pain and suffering that have, has happened 
uh, prior to their pregnancy, but they were courageous to choose life. And so now myself as a leader in the group, there's other uh, girls that will come in, other ladies from the church that will uh, step in and, and help as well. And we all just embrace them and um, show them the love of Jesus. I mean, you you mentioned one thing, a baby shower that they get at the mm-hmm. end. And I know I'm listening to these steps. It's a 12, 12 weeks. There's got to be so many touch points that happen throughout that time. How do you sustain all that work? Just volunteers from the church? Yes. Yeah. Um, we, this was, a, I just finished our first semester. It was amazing. The love and everything that came through uh, from from the church was just amazing. The pastors, the the church body has been a huge help. I mean, the baby shower itself, um, I definitely could not have done alone. No, that's a lot of work. Yes, yes. <laughs> and now we only had two girls come to our group this time. I have seen, you know, lots of others, um, other groups in the past that have had 10 or 11 girls. I couldn't imagine. But we had two, and God blessed me with the two, and I think that was a good start. But again, watching the church body come together the way they did— uh, was just way beyond my expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Does Embrace Grace, their program as a whole, do they find that a lot of the women complete the whole 12 weeks? I mean, sure, there's some people who drop out, but... Yes, and I did actually, I started with three girls, uh-huh. um, and they one did drop out. Um, but I, from from the research that I have done and from what I have seen on testimonies and that, yes, uh, they, they stay. do stay to the end. And... Um, a lot of times there is surrendering to Christ, and that is ultimately the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, that didn't happen in my group. However, I know that seeds were planted, mm-hmm. and I know that um, there were walls broken, and, uh, you know, they saw the love of Jesus through us. So, Well, what is the impact on the, on the women in this program? How spiritually they, the seeds are planted, they see the love of Christ in their life, but how else are they impacted in their time with you? As we follow the curriculum, each week is something different. You know, it's learning the lies that Satan and the world uh, gives constantly and what we, and, and in the media and what women see we're supposed to be or how we're supposed to act or, or whatever. And um, we share the truth of what the Bible says. And uh, we teach them, you know, the difference and, and the lies of Satan and the truths of Jesus. And that's, you know, that's one week. And then there's, you know, just several, all the weeks are just breaking down um, their emotions and coming uh, forward with struggles that they have, and whether it be in relationships of their past or that or uh, addictions. Um, I think I think one of my girls was uh, an alcoholic before she found out she was pregnant. And praise God that she stopped and she chose to quit drinking. So we did finish our semester. However, the babies aren't born yet. And so we're hoping to continue our relationship, ultimately bring them into church. Um, you know, that's that's another goal is to get them connected with a church body if they don't already have one. And one that will support them and love them and uh, keep, keep them coming and staying engaged. So they can have the support after the babies right. come as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Where does the passion for this kind of ministry come from for you? Uh, well... Um, I am post-abortive. Late 2014, Jesus saved me, and uh, he picked me up from a very broken spot in my life. As time went on and I started going to church a little bit, I started really realizing God's forgiveness, 
Um, however, abortion was not forgivable in my in my mind. Um, it's an unforgivable sin. And one day, the church posted a. Um, uh, they were doing a serve day, and they had things posted up for thing you know for something for you to sign up for to to be a part of. And uh, there was a sign for hand in hand pregnancy center. Mm. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And of course, ultimately, that was where I needed to go. I didn't even look at any of the other options to sign up for. Pregnancy center was just immediately where my heart went to. And so I went to that, and I felt the love of Christ the second I walked in the door. I fell in love with it, and I thought, man, I got to volunteer here. This is a pretty awesome place. Fast forward a little bit, I I went to uh, an interview with the directors there of Hand in Hand, and I shared my story. And uh, they have a, an abortion recovery program that um, she encouraged that I, I do. I didn't even know there was such a thing for that either. So I was super shocked by that. And I was a little scared um, because I had buried my feelings and all that had happened so deep down that I just tried to pretend it didn't happen. But God wouldn't let that, wouldn't let that slide. Uh, he had other plans. So... So Surrendering the Secret is the uh, program that I went through. It truly saved my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's Christian. God's right in the middle of it all. And uh, that was uh, about eight weeks. And I finally accepted God's forgiveness. Um, it's not about forgiving ourselves, even though that's what we want to do. The Bible never says anywhere that we are to forgive ourselves. It's, ex- it's accepting God's forgiveness. And that was something that I couldn't do for uh, forever. Um, I didn't grow up in any kind of Christian home. I never had any church or anything in my life. So this was a whole new world for me. Um, and he really, I don't know, it just saved me. I mean, there's no other better word in my mind. Um, so then my sister had introduced me to Embrace Grace. She had happened, happened to hear about it somewhere. And she said something to me, this is where I think you, you could really thrive in this. And when she said something to me, I was a very new Christian and I hadn't gone through any abortion recovery. And so I was like, there's no way I can't do this. But um, that's where I can see God's steps in all of it uh, with the hand in hand and then the abortion recovery. And then I felt strong enough to do Embrace Grace. Your story resonates, I'm sure, with so many women have probably walked similar roads as this. Mm-hmm. What did it feel like to tell your story for the first time? Um, um, it was scary. Definitely had a lot of fear. By the time I started sharing it, though, I was I was a believer. And so God really softened my heart on that and broke down some of my walls that had been up. Um, really, the first time I shared my story to someone other than a couple people in my family was um, the pregnancy center. And then the second time would be uh, when I started going through Surrendering the Secret. Once we were getting ready to start Embrace Grace, I was asked to uh, share it with the church. That was super scary because now all of a sudden I'm going to be talking to, you know, my story is going to be out to 500 plus congregants. And so I was I was scared. But at the same time, I knew that this is what God wanted me to do. I had to do this. It was awesome. After it was shown, I had the like all of these women just and a couple guys came up and were just thanking me for sharing my story, and I was absolutely blown away. I couldn't believe the reaction. It was it was amazing. Have you found as you've told your story more and more, and um, had the opportunity to share it with women who are in difficult situations? Have you found that that story has helped you connect with 
um, the people you're ministering to a little more closely. Absolutely. Um, even though the girls in, in Embrace Grace may have not had an abortion, there is still hurt in them. And so um, I can resonate with hurt alone, but also in God's forgiveness and how God can totally pick up your pieces and then use your your ugly for something so beautiful. How do you approach your relationship with them as you start to build a connection with those women that you're working with? Um, well, I kind of listen to them first. You know, what do, what do they what do they have to share? In my case, the first Embrace Grace, the, there was one girl in particular very closed off, didn't want to talk, mm-hmm. um, had her walls up super high and super thick. And, um, you know, I just kept share. I would just share my story anyway um, and just tell them or, you know, just how God has softened my heart and brought me to this today and how I used to be. Telling them how I used to be before Christ is— Huge because I was a super angry person. I was so so not who I am today. And a lot of that stems from the abortion, the anger, the bitterness, the hatred towards life, the alcohol, the drugs, and all of these things that I did stemmed a lot from the abortion. Um, I didn't realize that at the time. But those girls may be able to resonate with just that part, not even the part of the abortion. And so as I can tell my story of how I used to be to who I am now, and they can see who I am now, um, I think that kind of can give a little connection, like, okay, well, maybe God's real. (laughs) Maybe this is a good place to be. And then kind of gaining their trust and, and, and knowing that, like, I'm for real. I'm not fake here. I'm here to love you and, and show you the love of Christ and, and help you through whatever it is you're going through. You're not alone. There's hope and, and love. That's the key. Do you have any special stories that you can think of that connect to this idea of you sharing your story and ministering to um, someone who's hurting. Oh, absolutely. I got all kinds of good stories and it's still brand new. Let's hear them. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the first stories is after my video share, uh, was shown at church, it was probably, gosh, maybe a, a week or two later and someone from the church contacted me and said, you gave me hope that there's healing. I'm post-abortive. And we met and... It was, and, and what she doesn't realize is how much of a blessing she was to me. Yeah. Even though she kept saying, oh my gosh, you, you've helped me so much. It wasn't, it wasn't that, like I felt a huge blessing from her. And so I connected her with who I did my surrendering the secret with. And then I joined her and we did it together. And I got to watch her transform her fear. Fear was huge for her. Mm-hmm. Letting that secret out was so enormous and consumed her mind. And with abortion and uh, all that being in the forefront so much more lately, these last uh, few months became even more fearful for her. Mm -hmm. And the fact that um, she was brave enough to even contact me was huge. Uh, And so I got to watch her transform, and uh, she, for the first time, is feeling forgiven. And so she's... She's doing well. It was beautiful. And then shortly after that, I had an opportunity. There was a, a very abortion-minded, abortion-determined girl that came in for a pregnancy test at the center. I'm a volunteer there. I just do kind of wherever they need me kind of thing. And the nurse is also post-abortive there. And she asked me if I'd come in and share my story with this girl. And so I did, and I got to share my story again. And ultimately, she chose life, praise God. Mm-hmm. And then one week later, the same scenario Another girl came in, abortion-minded. I shared my story along with um, the nurse. She shared her story. 
and she chose life. Mm. And it's not that quick. They don't walk out of there like, woohoo, I'm mm-hmm. going to choose life. Uh, it's a very emotional time. It's a very scary time for them. They are a wreck. Um, but they leave there knowing that there's there's hope because the pregnancy centers and it pregnancy, there's more pregnancy centers than there are abortion clinics in this country. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, I didn't even know there was such a thing. But when I had my abortion, there were pregnancy centers, but I didn't know anything of the sort. This particular pregnancy center will support them, that mom and that baby for two years of that baby's life, you know, with just material needs alone. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and there's so many out there that do the same thing. And so when they realize that, that they're not alone and that they can do this without a man or even without a family supporting them, because a lot of times that's the case, mm-hmm. they feel relieved. And, and so um, it's so important that that gets out there, that they know that they have support. Well, it's so beautiful to hear your story and um, how big the grace of God is in the midst of everything and, um, and what God can do through uh, your story and what he is doing um, through that is just really beautiful to hear. I'm wondering how churches could maybe get in get connected with something like Embrace Grace. Um, and maybe if that's not an opportunity, what are things that churches can be doing to be open to loving on women who are hurting um, in situations like this? Well, they can, uh, for one, go to EmbraceGrace.com. They can, um, there's all kinds of information, how to get started, how to start a group, or um, even how to get connected with a local group. Uh, if there is already one started, um, in that area. But another way, if, if Embrace Grace isn't, you know, their niche, then connect with a pregnancy help center in the area because they need the support. Uh, they're all nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so they rely on donations. Yeah. And um, having churches connect with that is huge because then if someone does happen to come into the church, the church knows, okay, well, here's a a single pregnant girl. I can get her connected with a pregnancy help center to help her Mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah. And it sounds to me too, like if somebody's thinking, oh, I don't have the right words to say, I don't understand. I can't, I can't find an easy way to connect with this type of burden. Mm -hmm. Um, Pregnancy centers are looking for things, even I'm sure physical donations of stuff. Absolutely. And all of us can get an Amazon wish list, right? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, speak to people who are listening right now who God is calling to do something. He's given them a burden for a special group of people in their community like he's done for you. Um, But maybe it's something completely different than like this uh, niche, like you were saying. How would you challenge them to take action? Baby steps. I know that for me, this was a two-year knock on my door that God Mm -hmm. was uh, knock on my heart, I should say, because this didn't happen right away. This was this. If you just move, just take one step. Don't look at the big picture. Don't look at, well, how am I going to do this? Because God will, he will equip you. He will guide you and he will make sure everything happens for his glory. And um, I took a baby step. I took one step and that was just getting the booklet for Embrace Grace. So whatever it is that you feel a knock on your heart that God is telling you to do, just take that first step and he will guide you. As long as you listen to him, he will continue to guide you and take you to where you, where he wants you to go. 
Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming and joining us today, for sharing your story, for loving women who, um, new mothers who are maybe frightened and scared. Thank you for all the work that you're doing um, in your community. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for having me. If we could write our own story, most likely we'd avoid situations like an unintended pregnancy or going through with an abortion. It would certainly not include all of the pain that naturally comes along with these decisions. But as it says in the book of Romans, we can rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. We've heard this firsthand from Tiffany today and God is using her and her story to pass along hope to others. All of our stories include pain we wish we could have avoided, but how will you let God use your suffering to bring hope to others? Your suffering is never wasted. That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.